gonna move this just a little bit, but we're gonna keep talking because it's a little focus on the red. I don't think so. I think it was just off center. Okay, it's all good. Um, yeah, it's been a while. I'm sorry, we've missed. Sorry, you. people. We'll be back, and we're gonna keep. We got this. We got this. And the topic today is a little bit about that kind of. We're gonna talk uh, about feeding your passion, and making sure that you do things that feed your passion <laughs> I think like feeding your passion as well like as you just said that I was thinking you know what that's kind of a person's identity too and if you don't have your own passion you kind of lose yourself in everybody else's because everybody else seems to have one yeah and yes. then like you know you stop feeding your own and then you kind of lose yourself and have nothing to turn to absolutely um, also, if you're watching this, my hair is kind of damp, so it's going to be the perpetual, you see it all day, all the time. I'm looking at it, I'm like, no, it's not. Inside, it's like a little damp, so okay. I put it up and then I take it back down. Put right. it up. You can make a drinking game out of how many times I put up my hair and take it back down. Put up my hair and take it back down. We should totally do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so I don't need to hear it in the comments, okay? <laughs> I know, it's a problem I've got. Um... Yeah, so I, I wanted to kind of start this one off uh, with a story that one of my closest friends told me, um, and it's called The Tale of Two Wolves. And Ray, thanks. <laughs> Always giving me pearls of wisdom. Um, and and it, it really resonated with me at a time when I needed it the most. Um, and he said to me, uh, a young Cherokee boy goes to his grandfather. Hold on, let me make sure the story is in my head. Can all I way. just like yeah, clarify? Because there's a joke that's called Two Wolves. Um, the, it's obviously not the same thing. But have you heard that? I have not, and I don't know if <laughs> I want to. Um, um, yeah. So the he goes to his grandfather and he asks him, um. What is he asking? That's the part of the story that I'm forgetting. Hold on. Mm, I used my brain really hard. Um, I don't know. The, I know that the grandfather says to the grandson, he says, Should I Google it? Will it be on Google? Probably, but it's okay. I'll think of, I'll think of how it goes. Come on, Ray! <laughs> um, story The... The grandfather says, inside all of us, there are two wolves. About life. Yes, it's about life. Inside all of us, there are two wolves. Uh, one that is kind and courageous. One that is destructive and fierce. And the grandson says, well, which wolf will win? And the grandfather says, the one you feed. And, and that really resonated with me. I was at a stage where, you know, I was getting frustrated with how I was progressing with my horse. And, and it really got me at a stage of, I guess everybody kind of knows, but of a, a stage of my sobriety where I, I, you hit these kind of plateaus and then pits and valleys and things like that. But I was kind of at a plateau where I was like struggling with making sure that I had a really good outlook on life. Like it. most of the time I have a pretty good outlook in life, but I was really struggling at that particular going like, I feel like I'm not going anywhere. I feel like this, I'm, I'm riding really poorly, 
all of this stuff. And, and then Ray just said, you know, which wolf are you feeding? Are you feeding the wolf that's saying you're doing it wrong? You're not good at this. You're not. Which wolf do you feed? And so then I had to change my outlook. I had to change the way that I looked at life. Every time I came up to an obstacle, I had to go, oh, that looks really hard. But I can do this. And, and oh, that horse looks like it's a little bit dangerous. But I have the skills, you know? Where do you find that drive to do that on your own? Because on me, like, I would rather take, I guess, the easier option in being negative because I just don't know where to find that confidence or whatever. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's difficult for me to be positive. Absolutely. And it's difficult for, for everyone to be positive. And I think I've said this to you um, more than once, that I didn't, I wasn't born this way. You know, like I wasn't born positive. My mom can definitely attest to that. Um, there was plenty of times that I showed up in her house being like, Oh, my life is over. I hate everything. There's boys. Oh, and I would like wrap up in a little blanket and lay on her carpet and just soak about life. Just be like, Oh, Oh, you know, and and sh yeah, like there were points in my life where life was pretty crappy, but I didn't make it any better by feeling sorry for myself and not doing anything about it. Mm. And I didn't make it any better by going out and drinking about it. And I didn't make it any better driving too fast or, or doing things that I thought, oh, like I'm just doing this for fun because I need fun, you know? And well, how do you feel about like like what if you just give up well I think giving up in self-destruction in that regard like me being self-destructive in the sense that I'm gonna drive fast I'm gonna wreck cars I'm gonna because it's fun and I want to have fun with what I have in my life you know and and that destructive nature and the nature of the other beast that I fed as well of doing nothing and and spending days I remember one time I fell asleep. Um, I slept for 16 hours. I woke up for a couple of hours, went back to sleep for 15, you know, and just did jack. Mm. And, and, and finding the wolf <laughs> inside me to feed it was nearly impossible. And so I had to go to outside sources and and go and and meet people who had a positive outlook even if I didn't understand it yeah and that's I guess that's where I was getting at so like where do you find that strength because at the moment like I personally am going through some things and I think I don't think I have enough strength to pull myself out but the only tool that I've started using is to reach out to other people I feel that can help me and I don't know if that's 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 a tool or that's a good thing or what because that that still means I'm not feeding my own wolf. I'm using other people to feed that wolf. Yeah, but you're acknowledging you're finding the good wolf, and you're finding a way to feed it, mm. even if you don't have the tools to feed that wolf yet. Knowing that you're feeding the right wolf is is half of the battle. You know. Um, when when we're when we're working horses, you you find that you feed one wolf or the other, mm. and sometimes you get frustrated and you get real and you dig into them, 
and and you know that you're feeding the wrong wolf there. Yeah. You it's know? like you get on and something like you can get on your horse and something's not working and it and it especially happens when you're by yourself. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got someone else on the ground that can help you work through something it's different, but Sometimes you'll be working with a horse and something's just not working and you can dig at it and dig at it and dig at it and get frustrated and not know how to fix it and keep trying different things. It's not getting anywhere. But something that I've learned is I'll try for a while and if I still can't figure it out, I'll find something else that's working and make sure I finish on that note yeah. and, and, and progress and, and make sure that we're both happy. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to fight this battle and probably end up in a place I wasn't aiming to be anyway, mm-hmm. you know? So, and it's probably uh, like a, in me looking at other equestrians, sometimes I feel like I'm in a bubble and I don't get to see very many people that are outside of my belief structure. Mm. Um, the other day I did see some people, uh, that still had that. If it's going to buck, make it buck. Mm. mentality and I don't socialize with a lot of those people so I don't get to see very often but it was right there in my face and he just flogged it and flogged it and flogged it and it bucked and it bucked and the saddle came over its neck and and he's not wearing a helmet he's not wearing a shirt he doesn't have proper footwear on just the whole thing was just right there in my face and I just watched and I couldn't see any other wolf being fed like, there was no wolf to be found except the destructive, dangerous, terrible wolf. Mm-hmm. And they were feeding it to each other. You know, that horse was bucking because he didn't ask it to do anything but buck. Because he just kicked it and kicked it and kicked it. You know? And to me, I question why. What, what is your outcome there? What makes you believe that that's going to going to give you anything except bucking. I think that theory is that they believe they can just ride out the buck and once the horse figures out that it can't buck you off, then it'll stop. Yeah, but why would and, the horse and think they, that? And they, they put pressure, it's like that pressure release but in the wrong circumstances, so they'll make it hurt, like I know people that do that. Yeah, yeah. And so... But I mean, when will... this horse stopped bucking, he kept kicking. Yeah, he was just trying to tire it out. Like yeah. I know people like that that'll just just their theory is to tire them out. Yeah, the, their theory is just run them hard and run them down until they break. And so they like I've literally heard people say that horse isn't going to want to live through this week if it keeps acting like this. We will break it. Yeah, and the, <laughs> like, and that's that's another thing where people will say to me. Oh, it needs to work until it sweats. It's not thinking till it sweats. Well, mm. I have worked, dare I say, thousands of horses. And I took that mentality. People gave me that as information. And I thought, okay, I guess that's how this works. Somebody else, I, you know, I'm an impressionable teenager and somebody teaches me that. Okay, that horse hasn't done its job if its, horse isn't, if its nose not dragging on the ground. That's another one that I used to get. And and I only realized it was wrong when Tim said it to me. He heard someone else say it to me when I was breaking in a young horse that she needs to be so tired that her nose is dragging on the ground. And then I was doing something else with her and working her and just being pleasant. And then Tim says, oh, she doesn't look tired enough that her nose would drag on the ground. And then I just thought to myself, why? Why do we need to do that? 
What am I teaching my horse by making it fatigued? It doesn't have the IQ to understand that. Mm. And and just like a child, like I wouldn't do that to a child. I don't know. I would. <laughs> I <I'm> like <laughs> like like I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If it's being a brat, you damn straight, I'll go tired out. <laughs> but I mean, if it but is it gonna learn from that? Well, it depends. Like what? Like I wouldn't just run it around the track like at a million miles an hour to tire it out. Yeah. I'd make it work for it, but. If it's still going and it's super, like, hot, well, maybe that's wrong. If it's hot, I'd be trying to settle it down. But I don't know. I have been in those situations where I'm like, okay, if you want to be a bum, bum, then (laughs) you're going to work for it. You know, so... But I can't, I can't honestly think of a situation that if I looked at a horse being a bit of a pickle, that I would actually use fatigue. Because I don't believe that they learn anything from fatigue. I don't think at the time I thought, oh, I'm going to tie you out as the only objective. But it's yeah. like, I can't do anything else safely. So yeah. if you want to canter in the spot, you're going to do it nice and roundly and through the, like... Over the back end. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, because, like, I had a hot thoroughbred and I remember my cousin doing that. She would ride it out and he'd get super excited and really yeah. hot and he'd be pickering and bucking and doing little leaps and everything. Yeah. And she's like, okay, like I'd be trotting next to her and she'd be alongside me and she's like, okay, well, if you're going to be a, an idiot and canter along here and, and do all stupid things, you're going to work for it. You're going to flex this way. You're going to flex that way. You're going to do this. And I'll let you canter because I'm not going to fight that fight. No, no, yeah. But I'm going to make you do other stuff to earn it. But... Isn't that the epitome of feeding the right wolf? Mm. If you, if you can't, if you don't want to feed the bad one, find a way to feed the good one. Mm. So like the idea of, of making them, if they want to work great, I'll harness that energy into something. Yeah. Finding the positive in that all the time and, 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 and not making horses just work for the sake of work. You know, and I'm not gymnasizing. Like, yes, I gymnasize young horses to make their backs stronger. I use lunge work and things like that to make sure that they're supple. I use lunging and groundwork um, for time constraint situations. But it's rare, and you know me well enough, it's rare that I put a horse on a lunge to fatigue it. No, I think you would only do it, like, you see where they're at on the day. Yeah. Like, that. That's yeah. it, really. And and or to train safety. literally train the horse how to lunge. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I just know? training training a horse how to make a circle around me. And and I will put a horse on a lunge and work it on the ground if it's unsafe to get on. hundred mm. percent. And I do that fairly often. I've started needing to lunge um, where I work currently because we have a lot of ponies and these are great little active ponies, mm-hmm. but they don't often get the opportunity to canter. Yeah. And so they get a lunge every couple of days with the opportunity to canter as much as they want and they love it. Yeah, yeah. And that's their release so that when kids get on them and stuff, they're not like, you know, I want to have a canter. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really, I mean, that, that is a little bit of kind of letting the, the fire burn out a little. Yeah. But that, that, um, that was kind of spoken to me by allowing, by allowing the energy to be used in some way. Mm. Uh, I was at a vet seminar and they were talking about feed and, and what happens. And she said, if you think of it as a cup filling with water, 
it can only get to a certain point and then it boils over. And that's where you see overactivity in the paddock, where they start running around and burping and farting and being idiots. It's because they're at that cusp where they actually need to use yeah. that energy. Um, and then obesity sets in and then that doesn't, isn't the case anymore. But um, you'll see my horse, after a really hefty workout, will do less burping and farting when I let him go. And more so after a relaxed workout. But he knows that relaxation comes as a priority in our training because of pressure and release, because of, you know, discipline and action and all of the ways that you would train a regular animal. But I've taught him, I've said to him, yes, I love when you're active and beautiful and wonderful and doing all your jobs, but you have to be relaxed about it. Mm. We can't, we can't play this game anymore where you're just running around like a wild man. And so teaching them when it's appropriate to use that energy is important because they have it yeah so in general life um finding passion <laughs> going yeah. back here. to the the Maybe. topic obviously like you and i have found passion in horses and we've got passions outside of that you more so i think i don't um, know i feel uh, i'm just gonna go with it okay i feel not that I have any passion outside of horses. I don't think I do. But I love being good at things and I love learning new things. But I will pick it up and I'll drop it. Yeah. You know, like this jujitsu thing. Yeah. I might really dig it. I probably will like it. But you'll it. probably go and then stop. And then stop. Yeah. Just to get it out of your system. I just want to do some jitsu. Like, that, that's still a thing. Like having interest in something is still like interest in doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, is still yeah. A thing. <laughs> like, um, but I feel I think part of that is because I fed the good wolf so much that sometimes it just pants at my feet and I go, I don't know what you want. <laughs> so I just go, here's this random thing, and then the wolf goes, great, thanks. Like leaves. It's good. Yeah, the wolf like, just shows up, and I'm like, "Do you want a pizza pocket? I have no idea what you want." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, do they still have them? I think they do. I don't know, but I hot love pockets. Them. Hot, hot pockets. pockets. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. a whole song. There's just too much bread in them, though. If they needed like more stuff. You th well, the popped pop, no hot pocket. Um, what was it? Pizza pockets. Yeah, those are the ones we had in Canada. They were made by McCain. Yeah, they made by McCain here too. Oh. But they're like round, like. I always thought McCain was a Canadian brand because it sounds such a like. No, you can buy like French Canadian word. You can buy like ready to eat meals. McCain, McCain. is like everywhere. McCain okay. is like all your frozen vegetables. Like, get yeah. on it. Okay, maybe it maybe it must be American then. I would think. All the ads are Australian. Yeah, I know, but I mean the the brand originally must have been American because they're gigantic. Not because here. there's no way a brand is so gigantic. Oh, okay. And you mean like the brand? I was thinking physically, like no. the meals are gigantic. I'm like, yeah, no, not here. No, they're just like regular meals, Fred. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, feeding wolves. <laughs> Where yeah. were we? I, yeah. I honestly, like, I think it's so important. It has been important to me. One of the things that, I don't know if you could call it being passionate about, but something that I've really tried to do recently is have, positive people around me mm -hmm. in order to be able, like I have needed to reach out to people even to, to get them to help me do my passion. Yeah. Like, I don't know how that sounds, but 
like I've needed to go up to friends that at the time were not very positive and say, hey, you and I both have some things going on and I've noticed that we're not very positive yeah. about the way that we talk to each other and how our friendship deals with things. Yeah. How about you and I change this and mm -hmm. let's start only talking positive about things. If I come to you with a problem, instead of talking to me and feeding that bad Back wolf off. about how bad the situation is or how bad the guy is or how you know screwed up everything is, how mm -hmm. about you you let's be constructive let's yeah, yeah. sit find down and find solutions and say okay what do you want how do we get there like be positive about things and that that that's really kind of helped me be able to be human yeah <laughs> yeah in in some ways absolutely you know, I, not I, not just a burrito that's wrapped on your yeah because your if, you, if you have friends or family that you're looking to for support and then you go to them and they just you end up kind of going around the same bad stuff all the time. Yeah. It doesn't help. Whereas if you've got people that are like, okay, well, what's it going to take to make you feel better? Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the answers, they'll say, well, I don't know if this will work, but let's try this. And then yeah. they, they help you do it. I think you really need to tell people, like when you're in a good frame of mind, use that opportunity to tell people, look, when I am down, this is what I like. Or... I like to do this, or this makes me happy, so that when you're yeah. not in that frame of mind, you've got those friends have yeah those things around you. That's been important to me, people. I'm passionate totally. about friends. I need friends now. Yeah, and that's... <laughs> and I never needed friends before, ever. I never needed friends. I spent probably six years of my life completely in a black hole, and no one heard from me at all. I didn't need friends, I didn't need family. And now, the first thing I do is I go to a friend. I call a friend. Yeah. That's so funny because I've always needed people around me. Yeah. And then only in the last year or two have I been pleasant in the silence. Mm. Happy, alone, and quiet. I'll still want to, like, watch a YouTube or eat my oatmeal or whatever no, I shouldn't say oatmeal it's not oatmeal it's like seeds and yogurt and fruit and coconut girl this is a real breakfast <laughs> um but but only recently have I been comfortable in the silence intentionally like or is it just oh I don't have anyone right now and I'm okay with that or is it intentionally I want this time alone I don't ever make intentional time by myself um, because I never have, so I never thought to. Um, and I think that's something I learned about in sobriety was the fact that I, I use the people around me to, to cover up anything that I am feeling. You, you just reminded me of something. Go for it, girl. Take it. So I don't know if we've had this discussion, but for anyone that um, is listening or watching, um, I have lost a lot of weight. Um, I lost, it's like 77 kilos now. The, Wait, hold on. Let me try and do that one for the, the friends in the back row that still use metric imperial. Uh, 77 kilos. Oh, darn it. You'll have to phone that one. Phone a friend. Like 50 kilos is... Going 130. So what is it? 
77 kilos to She doesn't sound as loud as she does right in our faces. <laughs> I was wondering if it was going to hear you pounding. So it's 169 pounds, roughly. 169 pounds. That yeah. she lost. Yeah. So I lost more than I weigh now. So I um, so I lost that weight. And coming out of that, and, and I even think, like I was even thinking about it today, um, when I have those moments where I'm not doing anything or I don't have people around, I notice like when I was big, I didn't think at the time that I was soothing anything by food. I didn't notice and I could go days without eating and I was always on different diets and whatever. But I realize now when I had a couple of breakdowns after losing the weight that I had to start feeling things. Because before, when I had time alone, I would plan my night around getting a block of chocolate and a packet of chips and watching a movie and having soft drink and then I would just distract myself by eating that food and I'd get happy that it was like comfort and it would distract me that I had this stuff and I'd organize the plan for my night. And yeah. then now, like I still like talk to anyone that knows me, I'm like the, the chocolate and chips queen, but I no longer have that desire to comfort eat and I don't turn to food when I'm feeling stuff, it's the opposite. I don't have hunger, um, more so I eat food when I'm happy. Mm -hmm. So like now, when I'm upset, I don't have that distraction. I'm alone in silence and I have to feel things. Yeah. And it's so funny watching you go through those, those moments. Like today, when I, when I picked you up, I knew I had already chipped off part of the iceberg because I had... The minute you answered your phone in the way that you did. Hello! Yeah. <laughs> that was like straight away my whole day changed. Yeah. Because... Mind you, I'd ignored four of the well, calls <laughs> before this and Rev just kept calling. I knew something was up, so I was just like, I'm going to keep calling you. And she answered and it wasn't like, hello... Where are you? Why have you missed my calls? Are you okay? None yeah. of that, which is a normal response from people. It's a normal she response from anyone normal. Yeah, but she knows me and she knows that I was probably screening a call, so I'm probably not alright. So she was like, Hello! What are you doing? And I did the loud, really obnoxious red voice. Hello! And how did I answer? I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. And she just stayed like really monotone and I kept just shouting like an idiot. One of my car windows was down. It was just like the people driving, you know, like whatever. And then and then I'm I'm sitting and I answered like this and I think to myself, what is the most ridiculous thing? And I was like, we could podcast in the bathtub. You know, you know, she goes to me, so what are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I haven't really, I'm not having a good day today. And instead of this is what I mean by finding good, positive friends. And it's so important to feed like the, the wolf story and feeding that wolf because I couldn't do it myself. I, I didn't want to talk to anyone all day, but the wolf was already telling Red <laughs> that it was hungry. So she called and, you know, she invited me over to stay and I made up an excuse that I didn't have so that I didn't stay and she didn't bite like. She knows me enough. She didn't. 
She didn't go, oh, why? What's wrong? What's happening? Blah, blah, blah. She just broke out and said, you know what we should do? I was thinking <laughs> we should do a podcast in a bubble bath. Yeah, just like totally <laughs> the most ridiculous things that I can think of. We have to do a podcast anyways. We may as well just do it in the tub. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? And it's just like it snaps me out of my like I'm so used to people feeding the wrong wolf, mm -hmm. like, and, and you don't do that with me. You don't let, and it, it's kind of like tough love, but in another way. Yeah. Because you don't let me go down on myself. Um, that sounded bad. You don't <laughs> let me, sorry guys. You don't let me um, get negative on myself. If I am, you're like, okay, we're going to have this conversation, but in a positive way. Yeah. How yeah. are you going to fix this? <laughs> so what, where are we going to go? Yeah. So you know? like. She's my my Woolworths at the moment. You, you're feeding yeah. the right wolf. Yeah, and I, and I, it's so funny. What do you think about going through the motions? You like it's so funny to see you go through that motion. Well, yeah. So when I got you here, there is a very two different Jesses that I see. Um, and oftentimes, the more people I see you surrounded with, the worse it gets. So like, if there's if there's just like me and Tim. Even if even if Tim is just introduced, then there's a moment where you are internal again. And you're like quiet and internal and, and sometimes you'll go on your phone. So sometimes I know you're just holding your phone just looking at it and there's stuff going on in your head. I'm just telling you that I know this. <laughs> and um and and the only reason I know these things is because I've been through a lot of the same stuff. But um but that that watching that face I always know that I'm doing I'm feeding the right wolf if we go to eat something and you eat it with me you know like we're we're <laughs> so she gets up and goes and gets popcorn is Jess is the right mentality me. yeah she ate the whole bowl of popcorn we're doing that. <laughs> and you, you distract me by a board game and yeah like, a tough board game at that like it wasn't it's not an easy this board is so game. interesting to me you just like went up the whole friendship level no it's I'm like you actually care that much about me to pay attention to something like that. You've just shocked me. But it's not, and I don't mean to take away from the lovely compliment that you just gave me. I'll take that absolutely, 100%. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but but um, I think part of it is when you start feeding the right wolf often, you find skills in yourself that you didn't know you had. So I had a lot of skills that I thought were bad skills. I was a good liar. I was good at uh, cheating and stealing. Sorry, mom. And all of that stuff. And I was good at drinking and hiding things from people and, and all of these bad habits. And, and then until I realized that the good wolf had a lot of those skills that I could use for good. I can be... The, the part of me that makes me a good liar is the fact that I'm observant and I understand what people's needs are and I can read people quickly and it doesn't take me any effort and there's no... People can't see me read them. Like, there's nothing that's reflected in my face that says that I'm, I've read you and we're done. And, and those skills make me an excellent liar and I don't lie anymore. Um... But those skills, I use them and I go, okay, now every time I'm in a situation, I walk into a room with a ton of bunch of people that I don't know and within a millisecond I can tell you which ones I'm going to like and which ones I won't, which ones are going to get along with me, which ones are going to get along with Tim, which ones are going to get along with you, and then we're all going to make these friends and this is how this is going to go. 
You but know? how do you pick your friends knowing all of that? Because like I would definitely not be someone that's like knowing how I am when I meet people and knowing how I am now. Like I know occasionally the good me comes out and I can be awesome and supportive and all of that thing. And I'll do anything for someone that I yeah. love. Yeah. But at the same time, I know that I have this big dark kind of cloud around me half the time. And I can be difficult and frustrating. So like what makes you choose someone like that? Nowadays, I choose people that I, like when I really want to bring someone into the fold. You saw me do it today. I was like, I don't understand that guy. I want to know that guy. Yeah. You know? And when I meet someone I find exceptionally difficult to read, then I want to get to know them better. Mm. Um, like the crazy guy at the jiu-jitsu place. I shouldn't say he's crazy. <laughs> he most certainly wasn't crazy. He was just... Well, the, we, well he could... I don't know what he wanted. He was a bad, he was a difficult person to read. Very <laughs> difficult to read. And there was a lot of Because there was a lot of crickets. Like, yeah, dead air. <laughs> you know? And it was just. And bright eyes. I think that was like, part of the reason. <laughs> and lots of dripping sweat. <laughs> he was, he was like, working out. Like he was doing jujitsu and then came and showed up and was trying to like. That might have been why too. He probably I saw never at was. one stage this bit of sweat fell and went in his mouth and he lost me. I was like. <laughs> See, so jujitsu guy, I didn't, I couldn't get a read, and I was like, I don't know. And you know who? Before, like, there's lots of people in between. But I'm gonna break him, and he's gonna end up like a ray. He's gonna be like Daddy Jujitsu. He's gonna Daddy Jujitsu. We'll be like, hey, I love you. Um, so the one of the most difficult people for me to read in my lo whole lifetime, I am married to. Yeah. He was one of the toughest people for me to read and and i loved that because still to this day he'll do something and i'll go i didn't i didn't see that one coming <laughs> you know i really didn't see that one coming but now he's got a lot of things um where like tells that i can see now but his tells are really subtle so that's probably why because I read things so quick, mm. you know, I probably just missed it. Like when he's, you've told me about his little quivering lip. No, it gets pointy. Just yeah. the tip. <laughs> it's very weird, but wonderful <laughs> for me to, if I'm sitting profile to him, I'm like, excellent. Yeah. You're up to no good. <laughs> cool. I know that you're thinking what I'm thinking. Excellent. This works. <laughs> but, um, but he was definitely the most difficult person for me to read. And and me being able to read people um, also made that that party situation really fun. So I had a party for Tim's thirtieth birthday. It was a surprise party, and I <laughs> it took a it took a while to get everyone together. And I think that's because you like it's hard because there was lots of little groups. So I and you managed to made go. this beautiful schmozzle of human beings. Nobody came with anyone except one other person that they knew. Really? Yes. Because the way that some of the groups formed, I thought people must know each other. No, but some were horsey, some were not horsey. Some were, you know, video game related. Some, there was a few men, there was a few women, there was a few this, that, and the other. But the only people that came alone was the other Beck, the, mm. the older Beck. Your friend that was there first. Yes. Yeah. 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 With the yeah. So Beck came by herself and, and didn't know anyone. Mm. Daniel knew Beck. Oh yeah, yeah. The and other Beck. Yeah. And you. And Charlotte. And Charlotte. Yeah. 
and and Beck and Mel knew Ray. Ray came alone, mm. so he needed buffering. Um, and then Kate and her husband didn't know anyone, and you know Tim knew everyone a little bit, but didn't know. Like some of them were outside of his like regular zone, um, and then you and 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 but I mean like you didn't know a lot of the people that showed up too and and so it was really interesting and fun and and we had two friends from Sydney that knew no one, and they were not horsey either so that was really and I just loved it because I went each one of these people has that little it was bit like of, red social experiment. <laughs> You were like, I'm going to put all these people together and see what happens. Yeah. And, you know, it didn't pan out the way that I thought it would. Really? Really. Okay, tell the two sides. What did you think was going to happen and what did happen? Well, I... What did you connive? I didn't connive anything. I just I just thought that the dynamic would be different. Okay. Like, I didn't think... I didn't... I think my biggest foil was the boundary of the outside and inside. Yeah, that happened. That, that separated. Me. But the group, like, I was on the inside group, peoples, and I liked our group. Yes, our group was great. So I have no idea what happened outside. Yeah. And I don't really care, because I don't know what happened outside. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that was the only thing that was unpredictable to me, really. It was Oh, you didn't think it was going to, like... Sorry. Yeah, I didn't think that there was going to be such a huge divide. Mm. Because they didn't come and socialize at all. And yeah. I know some of the people out there do like Cards Against Humanity. So I was really surprised that they didn't meander their way in to mm. play some Cards Against Humanity. I don't even know who was outside. That's how divided it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was divide and conquer. But that's, uh, that, that's probably a task for another time. I'll build yeah. a house around a different type of party. Oh my god, we should totally do. Just with a like one a big, big sliding wall. Social experiment. We should write down what we think is gonna happen. Like who's gonna like it's called a hypothesis. Yeah. <laughs> now we're gonna turn this into a science project. Um but yeah, so and I mean it in the nicest way. When I when you said to me, you know, I'm a great friend for, for doing but I would I would do that for anyone. Because that feeds my good wolf. Being able to go and have a friend who's who's being the Eeyore of the story right now. We're all, everybody gets a chance to be Eeyore and everybody gets a chance to support Eeyore. And you can either choose to be Tigger, Piglet, or Pooh. You know? Those are your choices. And what about, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I am always a Pooh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're a bit of a... Tigger. I have Tigger moments for You're sure. You're a Tigger. I have Tigger moments. But there are moments where, like, I feel a little bit, no, probably I'm always a Tigger. <laughs> <laughs> You're very, like, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. Tigger. Tigger. Yeah. Yes, Tigger's a wonderful thing. <laughs> it's always made of rubber and his bottom is made of spring. <laughs> yes, I am probably I had a, a vibrating Tigger doll thing yeah. that used to, like, you squeeze it and you're like, woohoo, like, just yeah. vibrated into it. Like, oh. Yeah, so I'm probably the Tigger of most people's stories. But um, but I don't think I would ever leave Eeyore in his house alone for too long. Any Eeyore. They're all coming over to my house. That's because you've built the skills, too, to be able to not let it affect you. Mm -hmm. 
I think there was an episode where it started affecting Piglet or Rabbit or something, yeah. and they got depressed because of Eeyore. Pinsir. You know, like, Piglet's just not the right kind of friend because he's anxious and, mm, you know, terrified of everything. And so he's, like, very easily persuaded to anything someone tells him, which I think is the kind of friends I had before. Which is why I stopped reaching out and I blocked everyone off because, you know, and it wasn't until I had the confidence to say, hey, you're really important to me, but we're doing this friendship wrong. We need to be supporting each other in a, in a positive way yeah. and then start blocking all the other negative people and saying, okay, you're useless. You're not useless. That's that's the wrong word to use, but you're you, too much of a piglet right now. Yeah, like <laughs> find people that... I mean, everyone needs to benefit from mm -hmm. different relationships. Yeah. You have relationships because you benefit from yeah. them. That's the point of them. And like, and like, I am a hundred percent the tigger of of a lot of the stories. And right Who's now, your you're what? Who's your tigger? No, I got a piglet. I don't need a tigger. Yeah, but everyone needs like. Who do you then go to when things are hard? When I'm an Eeyore, it's yeah. different. Oh, um. When I'm feeling Eeyore, my... Because if you're everyone's, like, go-to... Tim will always help me. Always. Always. 100%. He's always there. Aww. Like, it's... So cute! It's... It, but I mean, like, yeah, he's only there when I need him. <laughs> if, if I don't need him, he's not there. <laughs> um, but, like, uh, and you saw that today. Like, I didn't really need him, and then he was just like, oh, I'm not really here. <laughs> It's okay, I'll keep talking to you anyways. <laughs> and, um, and, and that really is, but I could send him a text message anytime saying like, I'm not, I'm really like, I'll use a lot of different vocabulary for it, but if I'm feeling low or and dark or, or quiet or lazy or slow or any of those different, different categories of anything to express depression anxiety or any of those feelings to someone who never has had it I you know I try and use colors and all kinds of different things to try and explain it because it's almost impossible mm. for you to explain to somebody who and it goes in different ways ways depending like, on yeah. yeah and and then and it sounds really dramatic if you say oh I'm depressed yeah, yeah. Like, it doesn't work no because it's the book because uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work. And you don't sit around all day thinking I'm depressed either. No, I just a lot of the time I'll feel slow, or dark. Frustrated or... that you can't do stuff. I need to clean my house, people. Yeah, I'm feeling like tight. Sometimes just out of nowhere, I realize it's like hard to breathe, or I feel like I'm borderlining about to not be able oh, to yeah. breathe or breathing's coming too easy you know like i don't know how to explain it. you know when you're having like a, a a panic attack and you start breathing faster and it's almost like breathing's coming too easy so like there's start... nothing actually staying inside you yeah so you <laughs> yes. just like start breathing and i feel it occasionally i'm in my car and i'm driving and i'm like wait and I re i'm thinking about breathing and i realize that it's it's happening too easily and then i'm just like and then i'm like Whoa! <laughs> I'm not the yeah. <laughs> Have you ever, ever had to pull over your car? Yeah, a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely. But mostly because I like blank out, like yeah. completely. Like I, I disassociate. Like I zone out, and nothing is ha like I look out the front window, but nothing, nothing is, is there. there. Yeah, I've um, done that driving carriage a lot. Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah. That's when I about pull over. Yeah, yeah. Because there's lines on the road and you're not allowed to cross them. Yeah. And, yeah, but, I mean, Tim, like, no matter what adjective I decide to label on that day, you know, Tim will say, are you okay? And I'll go, Isn't that a good response? Like, when someone says that, when they're like, oh, what's wrong? But are you okay? Like, is this this a situation where I need to come home? Or is this a situation where I don't need to come home? And then... And I'll go, I just really feel like overwhelmed is a huge one for me because I've got a big, especially someone with anxiety, I have, I have a big weight running my own business, having other people's horses is my responsibility. You felt a little bit of that when I was away. Like, you need to ride these horses. Yeah. You need to do this. And I've got all these other responsibilities. And then sometimes, and then Tim just goes, that's okay. Just take the day off, you know, and he'll make it super simple. Yeah. It's been that's something I've had with you there's been times where I can't I get really nervous and down on myself when I feel like I have an obligation and a commitment but I'm just I feel like I can't do it yeah and I struggle so much to be able to tell that person I don't feel like I can do it because I feel like I've failed or they're just gonna be like why yeah like why can't you do it it's simple and at that time I can't and so a couple of times I've had to admit to you and say I can't do it today yeah. or you've gotten the hint in some other way you're like okay so are you going to ride or not and I've had to kind of say no. no and it's hard for me like that's something I've never been able to do and I've only just started putting it into practice but you just say okay cool yeah I'll go I'll go do it now like and I go uh-huh yeah yeah it's cool <laughs> and, and I do sit around for a couple hours and think I know she hates me right now. Yeah. Like, she's going to be so mad. She's going to hate me. She's never going to want to do this again with me. She's not, you know. But that's the thing. Like, when we were walking down the street today, and and I said, you're not going to ride, Jaffa. And I didn't mean it as a, like, ooh, you're not going to ride. But as soon as I heard the words come out of my mouth, I was like, oh, she's going to take that the wrong way. And then then you got a little quieter. And then I was like, that's okay. We'll just do it tomorrow. And then you're like, oh, so this wasn't a problem. I took a deep breath. You're like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> I did it. I said it. It's <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Honesty in that sense is something I've really had to learn. And mm-hmm. I think I need to learn more skills. You've told me before earlier on about that need to just be like, I can't do this. Say 100% it. 100% honesty. Straight up. Yeah, if you can't, can't do, it, do it, just say it. And then it's up to the other person. I try and control other people liking me by saying what they want me to do whether I feel like I can do it or not I still do it yeah (laughs) you know and that made me lose myself so getting you know it does like I don't know what I can do or can't do or like doing or don't like doing because I've spent too long trying to do what other people need me to do Mm -hmm. instead of what you know and and this I'm slowly starting and I still feel super guilty every time I say no or I can't or something to someone. But it's nice because you can always do that to me and, you, and you'll get better at it. It's, mm. like, it's like learning groundwork with a Shetland. <laughs> you know? You're like, I'm teaching it groundwork, but it really can't hurt me anyways. <laughs> you, know? you know? You're like breaking into Shetland and your first horse and you're like, oh, oh I'm guess what? I sat on my first yeah. I go. I go on the first person. And and that legs are still on the ground. Yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of like like I give a lot of people that I try to give a lot of people that when they're learning how to say no, I'm the best person for you to go no. And I'm like okay, and then I'll find a new solution. 
mm. because I will always find a solution. There's always, or, or, but Tim has taught me just take it off, mm. you know, and I would have never found that as a solution until Tim really reinforced that every time I got way too far over the edge. But it helps go, to have someone that is standing there saying it is okay because then you're validated by having that, you know, saying. Whereas if justification, yeah. yeah, if you had a friend, let's say, and you were like, oh, I don't know what to do, and that friend sits on the phone and goes, oh, what are you gonna do? Yeah. And then you sit there and you go, well, you know, I just started this new job and I'm worried that the boss, and they're like, yeah, I could see, you know, you don't want to do this with yeah. the new boss and all that. Like that's what I'm talking about. That doesn't get you anywhere. But having those people that's like, you know what, you need this. Like, they know you. Get people that know you and know what you need mm -hmm. and then have them there. Just just one or two people is really all you need. Yeah. yeah, you just need people to tell you that you can do the job and you can ride and you can walk down the street and you can clean your house. I've seen you clean your house a million times. I know that your house was clean when I went there. <laughs> you can do it. And, and you don't need to do it right now. But you can, and I never want you to forget that you can do it. That's the important part of this whole feeding the right wolf and, you know, being, being present and being positive. So to everyone, find something you love. Lesson number one. Yep. Lesson number two. Find people that love you. <laughs> Get that people. <laughs> you need to find people that love you. But even if you're alone out there, no, no you're never alone. Don't yeah. ever think that you're alone. There's gonna be people that care about you. That's something I always thought that I was alone, and I stuck to that because it made me it justified my sadness because yeah. I could be like, no, I'm alone. Everybody else is married and enjoying their life, and I'm here alone. But the truth is. Anytime I've actually reached out to people that hinted that they cared about me, they've, they've been there. Yeah. So. And also, we're here. We are here. We're, here. we're always here. We're one comment away. We are one comment away. So if you guys have something that you want us to talk about on the next podcast, feel free to comment in the comment section on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever. Ooh, I use Twitter. Um, but <laughs> any of the other things, all of our social media is linked below. I'll try and get on that a little bit more. And um, yeah, and I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. What are we calling it? Feed the right wolf. Yeah, you feed your wolf, girl, boy, <laughs> boy, girl. What's ladies and gents and people with of undiscriminate genders? Huh. Whatever gender you decide. Be whoever you want to be. Yeah, you don't have to be a gender if you don't want to. You could just be a wolf. That'd be cool, too. <laughs> All right, too far. Love ya. <laughs>